The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice. Voices of Search podcast. Today we're going to talk about some breaking SEO news. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked-to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Joining us is Jordan Cooney, who is the co-founder and CEO of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps supports enterprise businesses scale their organic search traffic. Jordan is also an advisor to our friends at Searchmetrics. And today, Jordan and I are going to discuss Google's new privacy sandbox. All right, here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney, co-founder and CEO of Previsible. Jordan, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey there, Ben. How you doing? I got a bone to pick with you, my friend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, I hope this it's is not. the Voices of Search podcast, and, you know, you and Tyson were the first ever guest hosts. So I give you the keys to the car, and what's the first thing you do? I don't know, drive it into the lake? Well, no, the first thing you do is say, well, thank God we get to do an episode without Ben. Hey, let's not forget who started this show in the first place. Okay, buddy? Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, you know, some of us forget so quickly when we're on our own. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Hey, thanks for the keys of the Ferrari. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for filling her up with gas, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for everything. All right. Look, I busted your chops. I busted Tyson's chops today. Let's get back to business. This is no co-hosting. This is the real host of the Voices of Search podcast here. And I need your help. I need you to tell me what's (laughs) happening in the SEO community. Google's doing a privacy sandbox. What's that all about? Yeah, this is actually some interesting news from Google and how they're using a new topic API to create privacy for users who browse the web and and use search. Essentially, this is going to be a way for 
Google to allow advertisers and consumers, at least in their mind, better regulate privacy and use of your your data, your own personal history of what websites you visit, when you visit them and what you saw and and all that stuff. Jordan, what I'm hearing from you is this is basically going to make it harder for sites like Pornhub to be able to drop cookies and track what your search activity is, right? There are privacy and there's some searches that you just don't want people to know about. And I'm not suggesting that you would ever visit such sites. You're married with three kids, but... It's a good question. So look, we all use the internet and we've all come across content that maybe is not what we want to see or what we expect to see or we want other people to know we've seen, like Fox News. I mean, excuse me. Um, uh, (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. But like on a serious note, like... What this is really about is a it's a first step for Google to take in terms of creating a separation between access to data about how users and consumers of Google products navigate the web and what those advertisers, developers, and other technology businesses can do with that data. And what they're essentially doing is they're segmenting. They're segmenting your browse and your online experiences into very specific interests or what they're calling topics. And those topics are what those advertisers and businesses will be able to use. Okay, Jordan, you got to go a level deeper here. I understand the general principle that Google is creating an environment that helps publishers and brands and people better monitor and understand what data is being shared, but I'm not exactly sure how this works. So walk me through some of the, the logistics of what they set up. Yeah. So what they set up is they've essentially used a pretty common principle that many analytics and data and and marketing professionals have used in the past, which is uh, cohorts. They've developed this thing called a a federated learning of cohorts. And these, these cohorts are essentially different groupings for which advertisers and other developers can use to target individuals across the web. That's the simplest way to to summarize what they've created. And they're doing this in a more private way, right? Because if you're, let's say you visited ESPN, you're now associated with the sports cohort. An advertiser now knows that you visited a sports website and they can make a determination on whether or not they want to advertise to you. But those seem like very broad segments. Hey, you're interested in sports. You're a white bread American male. Congratulations. (laughs) That's your targeting let's say 30% of the population, ooh, you went to a health and beauty and wellness site. That doesn't say whether you're looking for hair and makeup, whether you're looking for cryotherapy, right? Like talk to me about how this is actually applicable other than bro like sports. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's the interesting thing. And I actually think this is one of the dangerous components in the slippery slope. And I've seen it happen a million times working on big websites and working on SEO projects where you have lots and lots and lots of data, which is today they're starting with 350 cohorts. Cool. That seems manageable, reasonable. Who's to say that that 350 doesn't turn into 350,000 in one year from now? And now all of a sudden, the segments are so small, they're so diced up that privacy really goes out the window. And so that's definitely one of the flaws here and goes to your point, Ben, which is like, is the segment today too big? Is the cohort today too big for it to be really useful? And 
how much pressure is Google going to get from the people who basically make their stock go up, advertisers, in terms of making that data more granular? On my other show, the MarTech podcast, I did an interview, I don't know, sometime last year, probably about six months ago with a company that was a programmatic advertising company that said, we have an ability to get around the loss of third-party data because we're creating what we call privacy clusters. And basically how they work is we know the person that you want to target and we throw two random people that are unrelated into a cluster. Once it's a cluster of three, you can't tell specifically who you're targeting. So we're just going to start advertising to two irrelevant people knowing that we're going to catch the third person who is relevant. And that means we're not breaking the law because we're not targeting one person. So the data is relevant and this is the most accurate we can get. It sounds like what you're saying is Google is kind of taking a similar philosophy to this, but instead of targeting three people at a time, they're like, we're going to target a third of the United States with people that are interested in sports. And eventually we'll break that down into football, basketball, baseball, and then eventually we'll break it down to individual teams. So they'll be able to target you as a Green Bay Packers fan. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Thanks for reminding me of my misery. But I don't know what you're talking about, Jordan. Why would you be in misery? Sure, sure 49ers fan. But any case, <laughs> I will they tell you this. They can target me in the winner's bracket. Sorry, That's go right. on. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, the interesting thing, that you, br- you bring up a lot there, Ben, and it's, it's going to be tough to, to break some of these components down. First of all, I don't know if Google is going to expand the cohorts. I can safely assume that that's likely going to be a scenario, but I can't promise that. That's the first thing to caveat. The second thing to caveat here that's really important is that there is a variety. There are just, there is a complete flood of digital companies and innovators who are trying to solve for this privacy problem because there has been a perpetual increase in the amount of regulation around digital advertising and the use of personal data including the efforts around GDPR in 2018, CCPA in California, and in Canada in 2020. The big thing is the deprecation of the third-party cookie that's coming this year, right? So now we not only are there legal concerns that if you're targeting somebody without consent, that's GDPR and CCPA, but also the access to the personal data. You can't just go to a third party and say, I want to buy data from people that I think are going to be interested in my product. You have to collect that in first party. So now people are starting to advertise in a different way. And that's why privacy is, again, a bigger concern. So time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Let's roll this back to talk about the impact on SEOs. Great. Google's launching this new tool where you can target these massive clusters of people, and maybe that's relevant to advertisers, and maybe it's not. But I'm trying to drive organic traffic. What do I care about Google's ability to present advertisers with the ability to target people with ads? Ben, this is this is where we need to go with this conversation. You're right. We need to talk about how this impacts SEO. And it absolutely does. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the first component to this is how we now organize our data. Because guess what? Google is organizing search behavior data against these 350 cohorts. And so we as, as SEOs need to start thinking about how is Google looking at that classification? We need to be dissecting this. We need to be understanding how these federated learning of cohorts are comprised and what usefulness we can get out of mapping that to specific keywords and then even possibly looking at certain cookies and behaviors of our own users to better understand how Google is then going to use this data to sell it to other companies. So the first thing to do is go analyze what these cohorts are. Do some basic math or assumptions around how this maps to your own keywords. That is just the starting place, but this is going to become a bigger and bigger effort for SEOs because advertisers are going to be leveraging this data to optimize to these individuals. And as SEOs, this is a place where we've typically been behind in terms of how we leverage this data to improve our own site performance and ultimately maintaining those eyeballs in search. I don't understand. I don't see how this is relevant to the SEO community. Advertisers are going to be targeting these relatively large cohorts. What does that have to do with me creating content that is being fed to Google that should be topical or, or keyword specific? Why does do those cohorts affect my SEO performance? Well, there's a variety of ways that this impacts your SEO performance. One of the things that we've been seeing over the past couple of years, especially as the uh, scrutiny of using third-party cookies as well as more and more states, including, I believe, next year, Virginia's coming out with their own privacy act, California already has as well, is that more and more businesses are focused on organic search. And this is a door that is opening that is going to now go from Google to Microsoft to other big advertising platforms and expose the ability for businesses to, again, invest more and more in paid digital advertising. And so how does this impact the SEO? Well, it's less awareness, it's less money, it's less investment in SEO because now businesses are going to go back to some of the old habits around uh, retargeting, digital marketing, paid paid digital marketing. So you're saying that this privacy sandbox and these groups or clusters that Google is making available for advertisers is going to incent advertisers to take budget away from SEO and push it more towards performance marketing. Now, I understand that, okay, for SEOs, this might mean my budget, my headcount is taken away. But doesn't it also mean that there could be more opportunity as all the businesses are starting to rush 
to put their dollars back into paid, doesn't that mean that there's less of a focus on SEO? So there's less competition. So there's more opportunity. Well, I mean, that's a possibility. And I think like any business, it's going to be ebbs and flows, right? Some businesses are going to be more native to investing more and more in digital advertising versus organic growth. And that's just the nature of the evolving online marketing space. But I will say this, and I think this is the important piece for all of our SEOs. I think that this is an interesting proactive measure by Google to start to protect themselves from future litigation and and future regulation that was likely coming. It's already coming at the state level, and it will likely be coming at at a federal level at some point. And this is a useful data set, especially for big SEO teams, big enterprise, multinational, big website type scenarios to leverage this data to better inform their organization and their teams about where their strengths and weaknesses might be from an SEO standpoint. And I heed the same advice when it comes to paid search keywords. So few SEO teams spend time analyzing paid search keywords and where their companies invest money in paid search. And it's the same knowledge and insight. If you have awareness, you can actually do something about it. If you have no awareness, you don't even know what to do. It's a tool to help you understand not only how Google is bucketing their users and help you think about who you should be going after, but also helps you understand how advertisers are potentially going to be allocating their spend, helps you see where their demand is, helps you reassess your SEO strategies. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, co-founder and CEO of Previsible and an advisor to Search Metrics. Join us again tomorrow when Jordan and I discuss how we can predict the winner of the Super Bowl using search data. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing in insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.